it's actually nice to do another podcast episode. It's been, I think January was the last one that I posted. So it's really nice to be on here and conversating again. You know, I was meant to make a podcast a while ago, but um, for some reason I couldn't get the microphone to work. It was just all this static in the background. And I was like, you know, to be honest, I don't really have a lot of patience when it comes to technology, just technology. Sometimes I can to figure something out when I'm in the mode to figure it out. But when I'm not, I'm like, you know, you're just, you're just a little too complicated for me right now. So I'm just going to put you away and move forward. But also I was finishing my deployments, so... I don't apologize for prioritizing things that need it in that moment that I can, that I need to focus on in order to complete it. So it's out of my hair. Two of them have been completed. Oh, yes. I never thought that I'd do that. I never thought that I would complete them. So it feels really surreal to actually be in this boat right now where I'm finished, I'm done. And yeah, I'm just basking in that because I remember how consistent it was in my own thinking that I was just never going to get here. The pressure of that, the depressive mindset of it as well that would come in, just really thinking that this was forever, just thinking like something's never going to end when it's something that's not enjoyable. Enjoyable, feel endless. The things that are, they end too quickly. And you're kind of like, oh, Time just flew with that, and that's not okay with me. So, yeah, that that is a very prevalent reality. <laughs> it kind of sucks. It's a sucky reality. Yeah, finish, and very, very grateful for myself for doing it. I just celebrate myself a lot in many different aspects, not just in achievements of society standards, but in many other ways as well, including my healing. And in, I mean, doing something like this as well was way out of my comfort zone. It's not something I've ever done before. Fashion wasn't exactly my strong suit growing up. So doing something like this was major. And I just can imagine how many out there feel the same way. I did actually meet someone that was in a, in a similar boat. It is really a major a major step to take when you've gone through what you've gone through and you take a step down that pathway again, you come back to it in a different scenario, but you come back to it and you're moving your way through it in a different stage of your life. It's just so much stuff to be so proud of when we take these steps in our journeys. I feel like every step is something to be proud of, to be honest. This human experience can be incredibly challenging, as we know, and as we conversate on a lot about it, I'm learning to celebrate my own because sometimes I can <laughs> have the habit, well, I used to a lot more talk the talk but not walk the walk because I'd want other people not to feel the way that I was feeling. So it's kind of like easier to direct them down a pathway that I knew was right and I knew was a reality. And something that may, may, because everything is guidance, give them something. It's just easier to help other people than it was to take a good look at my own life and actually come face to face with the reality of it. Days I'm definitely a lot more into that. And I 
and finding my way through it like I currently am. Dark Night of the Soul 101. And that's all right. This experience is all about learning. There's no what ifs, buts. There's nothing about taking steps back, making mistakes, falling behind. There's nothing wrong with any of that in the words that we use in the vocabulary, the English language. So I always will preach that this is a learning experience and I try to keep that within my own reality too and remind myself in the moments where society's old, outdated values start to affect my space and my headspace, reminding myself that it was never a reality to begin with and most people have been surviving through that not actually living and so was I and uh, this is on the topic of living in a suicidal state just not living and just existing you know there are different metaphors that people place on this but in my version existing and not living was just it wasn't a life there was nothing about it that was a life and actually seeing a pathway and my life as a human being as a whole you know vessel just this just this shadow that existed and that's it that's that's the best way that I can explain this that's how I take the whole topic of existing rather than living. That's how I say it. Some will say, and I've heard it before, it's okay to just want to exist. And I think there's a different meaning to that. You can go by this stuff, whatever fits for you, you know. This is just how I have absorbed the whole existence throughout my life, like just existing. And not actually living, you know. Brings me into the podcast topic for this episode. I know that the title itself can sound a certain way, and I understand what's connected to that word. I thoroughly understand, which is why we have. I'm well, not we. I'm having this conversation today to give other, to show, that's probably a better word, to show other directions and pathways with this. We'll have too much of a habit of labelling something as one thing and our expansion of awareness is just limited to that one thing when even myself, I had the same mindset, it's not about a fault, it does become a responsibility when you start choosing not to expand your awareness even when it's right in front of you. We do have a choice on how much we expand our awareness. And I always think it makes sense to in the world that we live in, but also because of ourselves and the people that we love. We're all individuals and understanding each other takes that expansion of awareness. And if people are not willing to, then... Humanity continues to feel unseen, unheard, and invalidated. And those three things, I think, are the biggest issues within our society for why people do what they do, and it may not be the greatest choices that they make. Because when you aren't seen, heard, and validated, unconsciously you may do things 
that hurt others and yourself without even realising why you're doing it. And it's because you will try to be seen, heard and validated in the way, in any way, basically, in any way possible. A lot of people do this unconsciously, a lot, even myself at one point in my life, of course. Human being wants to be seen, heard and validated, whether you want to admit it or not, even myself as well. And how it feels not to be, how it feels to not be supported, heard, seen, all that jam. What it does to your mental state, what it does to you as a person and your experiences and how you actually cope through that and how you go about life. A lot of people shut off from people because it's kind of like easier to turn around and shut yourself off from the world than to turn around and experience being invalidated again, experience being not heard. That's one of the reasons why it's just sometimes easier for so many people to shut off the world because it, it sucks and it hurts to go through stuff like that, especially when you've been through something and you have people completely invalidating you for it because they've been invalidated themselves and they don't know how to validate your experience because they don't even know how to validate themselves nor anyone else. Like, it's such a pattern. How do we break these patterns? How do we break these patterns? That's what these conversations are also for, even though you think I'm not talking about suicide in the direction of the way that it's spoken about. I speak about it through the connection of what feeds it, what creates it, what adds to it, all that kind of jam. I speak on the self-expansion of it, bigger, because I thoroughly believe, thoroughly, that there is more than meets the eye that there is always more than one pathway, that seeing someone in a store yelling at the cashier so much more than that person yelling at the cashier. It's about them unconsciously releasing on the other person to help themselves cope and feel better. An angry person walking into a store and seeing an opportunity or trying to find an opportunity deliberately without being aware of it because majority aren't, just to release what is on their shoulders or what's on their mind. People do this and they unconsciously do this. And it's like, okay, what can we do as individuals to stop ourselves from making these decisions to project on other people and use them as our punching bags when we're not feeling good? Why we need self-awareness. Not even just for those topics as well, but we're not all the same. And you have a view, someone else has a view. And realistically, even when you have, when you meet friends, we'll say, relate to each other in so many ways, but there may be something that you both need to have your expansion of awareness on for each other to come to a balance, you know? These kind of examples. Like I said, this brings me back to the topic of suicide. Expansion of awareness is needed for this as well because it's not, it's not A, B and C. Nothing is A, B and C in my opinion. It is not some easy thing to figure out one pathway fits all kind of thing. That's, that's not the reality. 
it's not in general. And this is my experience of it, my relation to it, my own connection to it, and how it evolved and how I've learned how it evolved, how I've just how I've become aware of it and how it's thrived and survived. Because I like actually being aware of how I cope, obviously, because I've been healing and I think the learning experience, even though it's really challenging at times, is also really key into growth and evolving as a human being. You need this stuff. You really do. You need moments of reflection, moments of mirroring yourself, watching how you react to things, asking yourself, is this how I like to be seen? Is this how I like to project? Is this what I like to do? We talk about self-identity and this comes into play as well. But evolving your self-identity also means evolving how you step into the world and how you step into your own world. Who you are as a person also means who you are to other people and to yourself as well. How you cope, how you speak, how you approach challenging situations, etc, etc. I know I'm kind of going off topic. This is probably for another podcast episode. It's been a while since I've actually been able to sit here and have a general conversation and say things that I'm very passionate about. And I've learned a lot in the last couple of months. So sometimes it does happen. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's more like, you know, there's just so much to talk about. There's so much to talk about. Go any further into that conversation, but I will end it with we are constantly learning. It's not about perfection. Self growth is not about perfection because mistakes is also where you grow from as well. You grow and learn from your mistakes too. Okay, so I'm just going to end that little topic on there. That will be for another time. Self identity will be another podcast episode and it's a great conversation to have. I'm still learning. I'll stop talking about it. I'm there's not really one way to have this discussion. No, there's no one way to have this discussion. And I'm sure as time progresses and these conversations continue, you know, there'll be other things said. This is not just one pathway of experience. This was 19 years of many things, many experiences, many learning lessons and just a lot it was a lot it is a lot I say in this episode if I speak about it in the future it might be in different ways as well because like I said this isn't just one way this never was one way mind you as well when it comes to other people's experiences with suicide I can only speak for myself I can't speak for everybody I only advocate for it in the ways that I believe need to be advocated for. So here we are having this conversation. On nine, when I started to experience thoughts of suicide, mind you, didn't know what it was. Obviously had no awareness, obviously wasn't taught on the subject. So all I remember is experiencing thoughts that were related to death 
Now, if this, I should just add this as well. I am going to be as transparent as possible. So if it is a conversation that you find it just gets to a point for you, please just stop listening. Please do, because I understand myself as well that hearing certain things can bring up one's own trauma or experiences. I understand that. At the same time, these conversations need to be had. I don't need to go in depth, and I'm not going to in, in the way of how need to be spoken about, how, and it depends where I want to go with this and how in depth I want to go, where I'm comfortable and where I where I want to flow with it, really. And if I decide not to conversate on a certain part, then I won't. Oh, I'm entitled to that, just like anyone else is as well, when you're putting such vulnerable stories and experiences out there. You decide what you want to talk about. You decide how in-depth you want to go. You make that decision for yourself. But if this gets challenging as you're listening to it, please stop. You don't need to continue. You don't need to at all. I am going to have the conversation in the way that I believe that I need to. So I had no awareness but was having these thoughts at a young age and had experiences further on as I had gotten older. I think my first attempt was either at 11 or 12. I honestly cannot fully remember the age that I was, but I know I was really young, and I know that it was a very terrifying experience. As it, as it is, the whole thing is such a level to be at as a person, to get to this position where your existence, you just feel nothing towards it. Like a burden to have your presence on this planet, to walk this planet, to exist in it, feels like a burden. It's a real heinous thing to experience. And I want to prestacize. <laughs> I just think of the word for a second. A lot of people like to say that it's a choice that we make. Don't think that my nine-year-old self made a choice to have this kind of mindset. I don't really think that she signed the book of choice and ticked the box for, would you like to experience suicidal thoughts? Select no or yes. I don't think that happened unless others or some of you can say that you did sign the book of choice for anything. You know, not just this topic for anything, but I don't remember signing a book of choice. Then that awareness, this was not a choice that she made. Nor did she have any awareness on what she was experiencing. These kind of conversations, like I said, were not a thing back then. They're still, there's actually still scratching the surface to this day in 2023, 27 years old now. We're just scratching the surface, really. You know, we've still got a lot to learn in this process. And as I said, it's a learning experience. But the evolving of human beings to create a better, a better and validated existence for each other, that process needs to speed up. No, because it's not just about us, it's about the future generations as well that are going to be brought into this world. 
go to school and have these experiences with other human beings that don't need to be had. They really don't. They really don't. And the book of life, again, unless you signed that, which again, I don't even think that's concrete. I wouldn't even consider that to be concrete. Free will, do your thing. Even if I did sign a book of life, but I, what did I say? A book of life. The book of choice, I think it was. I think I said. Even if I did, I'd probably still rebel against it, to be honest. Nonetheless, didn't. And going from there, the fortunate thing about all of this is that you can't conversate it as well, especially as a child. Putting two and two together of this reality, it's just none of it, none of it is a reality. None of it was a reality, I should say. Putting two and two together, understanding your own mindset, understanding even humanness was not a reality. It really wasn't. Understanding the human experience was not a reality. Truly, it was not. And it's still, like I said, scratching the surface. We still invalidate so much of the human experience. So much of it. You know, so imagine if we're just scratching the surface, why would a nine-year-old even a teen because even as a teen this conversation still wasn't had you might I think you might have heard about it now and again but it wasn't really something that was a topic of conversation to be had you know it wasn't really in front of your face need to have this it was more like becoming starting to become aware of it but not really paying attention to it about not knowing what it is is that I think it kind of makes it more terrifying in personal experience as a child having thoughts on not wanting to exist, it was such a terrifying thing to think. But the other thing too, and something I still experience to this day, because I still do experience suicidal thoughts, I literally have just, I'm just starting to come out of the mindset right now. Because I did fall into it the weekend that has just passed. So I'm actually just coming out of it right now. And the thing about it is that it feels very validating. Controversial to say maybe, but it's really not. Because it always provides proof and past evidence and it's been doing it for as long as I can remember. It takes every single experience that has been traumatic and painful, remembrance of words said from people, projected behaviours, every experience where I have been treated anything but a human being and puts that into one. And it's, it's like opening up a filing cabinet and showing you all the reasons why this is a valid thing to exist, why this is a valid step to take. And see, well, you may say, well, that's a choice. It's not a choice to think this way. It was never a choice to be in this mindset. No, it never was a choice. This mindset, while it's mixing with all the other memories of past hurt, all those emotions are coming up. All the fears coming up. The burdening. The loneliness. You have everything weighing heavy on you in one go. 
it's honestly like being trapped. The only way I can explain it at this point in time is having all this stuff fall on top of you and you're literally watching the light from the sky just getting darker and darker because more things are just coming on top of you. And you're trying to raise your hand up to find a way out. But everything's just piling and piling and piling on and then you just fall into it. You put your hand down, the light is gone and you fall into it. And you feel like you have to stay there because of A, B, C, D, E, all these files that have come out of this filing cabinet telling you, Ashley, A, B, C, and D, remember all these experiences? Remember all this has happened? This is why you're a worthless human being. You're not even a human being to these people. You never were. That's why they treated you this way. You are literally dirt on the bottom of their shoe. You are non-existent. You're a shadow in other people's spaces. You're just a burden to this world and this society. People don't see you this way because they know it too. And you will never succeed. You'll never get there. You'll never find your way out. You will never be unburdened by this. This is your reality. This is your life. It is exactly that cycle that goes, that plays over and over and over again when things just become chaotic in my own life. It's been happening since I was a child. It's been happening since I was a child. That filing system was implemented and then events, experiences added to it. And then that mindset used it as proof and still does use it as proof, but is taking those files out of the filing system and for it no longer existing in that space anymore, which is what I'm doing slowly working through for it not to be something that's used in this way. For my mind not to instantly head down into the past, bringing it back, re, what's the word? Oh my gosh. Resurrecting past experiences and playing it out like it's my reality and adding And feeding the mindset that tells me why I shouldn't be here like it's been telling me for majority of my life. 19 years. 19 years of of being shown and told why I shouldn't be here. Why it would be better not to be here. All the reasons why. And then new things get added to it. And it's it's just, it it has truly been one of the hardest cycles for me to break up, to break. It really has been. You're not just facing one thing. You're facing, like I said, all these things on top of you. And you're trying to slowly move them and say, it's all right, this isn't the past. This isn't the past. This is not my reality. You're trying to move them so nothing else topples on top of you. So you're slowly trying to do it so you don't harm yourself in the process. But at the same time, your survival mode, your protective mode, everything you're saying, if you get out of this, you're just going to be hurt again and you're going to fall into it. You have so much against you. Like I said, expansion of awareness, this it's not just one pathway. It's many. It's survival mode as well. Survival mode is relies on protecting me by making sure I don't go through past experiences, but also making it out like any kind of experience that I have that has brought me hurt is the same experience as what it was in the past. So it feels like it's trying to protect me, but at the same time, 
like a lot of your coping mechanisms, mechanisms, they connect with each other and they form like this barrier that thinks it's trying to help you, but really it's keeping you in the same loop, in the same cycles, and it's feeding off each other. And you can't move. You feel like you just cannot take a step forward because your survival mode's like straight onto it, straight onto you. Experiencing a trauma at the age of seven, right? And then other experiences that were happening in my environments, to me, it created the filing system. It created the filing system, started experiencing the thoughts at nine. And then as I got older, more things added to it. And because it wasn't addressed, it just kept going. And it became a part of my coping mechanisms. It became a part of my reality in even the good stages of my life. Because not everything is painful and traumatic, even though my memory solely focuses on that and it's made me forget a lot of the good stuff. There are some good things that I can remember. But even in those moments, it's like this mindset was just waiting for things to collapse because it knew that eventually it would. It was around all the time. All the time. I'd wake up to it. I'd go to sleep to it. Every day for 19 years. And I know people can say, you know, it's probably a bit exaggerating, isn't it? If you can say a negative thought to yourself every single day, you think that you can't have a suicidal thought every day? You can. You definitely can when you're stuck in this mindset in such a way. It's so embedded into your system in the way that it is. In the stigmatizing words that people use through their own unawareness of it, I know a lot of people say, like, why would you consider that as something to continue with? You know, death, leaving. What about the people you leave behind? In all truth, it's not about them. In absolute reality, it's not about them. I'm just going to say it, it's not. It's not about invalidating anyone either. It's purely, one, you think you're doing the right thing. But two, if you're having experiences with certain people that are making you feel a certain way or treating you a certain way, your mind creates this version that they want you to no longer be here because you are just some kind of annoying existence in their reality. There's always more than one path through. Remember what I said, expansion of awareness before you jump on the, the angry boat. It's a shadow in everyone's life. But also to those that make you feel a certain way about your existence, your mind takes that, like I said, and creates this version that it would also be better if you just didn't exist because then they can just, they, they would no longer target you. You'd no longer be an issue. Why I say this too is that all I remember ever wanting, even now, is a version of peace that I felt was possible but impossible for me, but I seeked that version out so much. But in these moments where things would happen and the impossibility of that would reach a high peak, I was so convinced that it was never going to be my reality. I was so convinced that I'd be spending 
my existence being the punching bag as I walked down my pathway, so-called pathway. I mean, I didn't have a pathway, but in this sense, where as I'm speaking right now, if I'm walking through life, that I was just the punching bag, that I was just there for people to want my presence there, but not actually acknowledge me as a human being. That's honestly what it felt like throughout my life. You can say, again, that just falls into this thing of it wasn't about everyone else. It was how I was being treated. It was how my mindset was evolving from all of this, how I saw the world, how I, how relationships were in my life and just learning from all the experiences from a young age of human beings' behaviour. And even myself expanding that because I just couldn't see any other way. I couldn't see anything else. Why would you if your entire reality is negative? How would you see a different way from there if you're just constantly surrounded by it? If you've grown up with just knowing that, just seeing this one painted image in front of your face, how do you create other images? That's why we advocate. It's why we do this stuff to create other images for people to say that is not your forever reality. It doesn't have to be. There's also all this behind it. And I didn't grow up with that like many people didn't. I didn't grow up with anyone showing me a different painted picture. I was surrounded by adults who were unhealed, even professionals, because I did see a counsellor when I was around 12, diagnosed with anxiety and depression, I think at around 12, from the Royal Children's Hospital. Royal Children's Hospital, because I went into hospital when I had an anxiety attack and I got diagnosed, went and saw a counsellor. This counsellor invalidated every single experience that I felt comfortable enough to talk about. I was so stuck on telling me that I am a burden to my parents in his own words. I remember him saying this one thing where he's like, picture a camera in the corner and then you do, you act the way you're acting to your parents. Think yourself watching this. How would you feel in the way that you treat your parents and all that stuff? This person was so progressive in the conversation of telling me that I am the problem. And I am the burden. He might not have said I'm the burden, but do you think that a child's mind that already thinks that they are the burden is going to not think that way from hearing this kind of stuff? And mind you, I'd gone through a trauma that I'd actually seeked help from adults by. I'd actually went to adults for it and I was let down. And I couldn't communicate what had happened to me. I couldn't communicate anything because she was a child. She was a child. She had no idea what had happened. And then it's, it's hard for me to just say, how do you communicate something when you don't know? I mean, how would a child communicate something like that if no one is speaking for them or speaking up for them or educating them on this stuff? You know, God, I used to be so hard on myself until I realized that it wasn't even her fault. None of this was her fault. Not even this embedded mindset none of this was her fault nor my teenage self it was just if not my fault at all none of it you grow up in the unawareness you grow up in the the stigma and the beliefs of other people so one painted image in so many parts of life one painted image that's all it is just of me were let down by adults and even the people in you know their lives as well just letdowns because of their own experiences. 
no one to create that safety, that space, and then to see a professional and to be invalidated as well. The loneliness, the loneliness that they felt, like a child, the extent that she felt, it really amplified suicidal thoughts. It really hit a peak, I think, after 12, because during my teenage stages, like it, when I was nine, it wasn't an everyday factor until there was this peak moment that I think was around 12 when it became an everyday reality. And then as I just got, as I got older, it expanded and it expanded and expanded. And then, like I said, it was just an automatic coping mechanism, an automatic system that would come into play any given moment, any time of the day, hit me at any point. And it still does, but it's not as intensified as what it used to be. It's just no proof for them to validate their existence. There was nothing. There was nothing to pull out. There was no another filing cabinet that had the proof in there why their existence was valid. There was always this one filing system and then every experience that came into play. I don't invalidate it at all because they were the hardest times. They really were very lonely, very isolated, very painful. And the thought process of death, I don't know. I don't know where it fully came from because I rem- I do remember seeing a family friend when they had passed going to the wake and actually for the first time seeing someone that had passed on. I saw that later on in life and the peacefulness of it is something I remembered. But the element that death provided in the sense of peace I think just came from this fact that anything but my reality was ideal anything but the way that my life was was ideal for me and the only thing that I knew was through death existing on this on this planet existing in this space existing in general was incredibly painful incredibly lonely like I said incredibly unsupported unheard invalidated I didn't know how think honestly I was so it was so chaotic in my mind every single day getting up in the morning was a burden going to bed was a burden every day of my life was a burden and there was there was this small part of me and I've spoken about it before that wanted for something different like if I had to be here wanted something different and I don't as you would as you would you know as you would but it wasn't a part of my reality in so many ways. So it just, what was I holding on to? There was nothing to hold on to. There was nothing to go by. So I went through life as a teen, having and existing and going through attempts and no one knowing about it, not speaking about anything. None of this was spoken about, just kind of existing. Leaving school after year 10 working because that is the ideal factor just rocking up every day and existing but hating every moment of my existence hating every single experience and going out for dinner as well and being with friends it was just existing it wasn't anything but existing 
playing a part, playing a part as a teen who is totally fine but is not. It's amazing how it just becomes such an easy thing to fall into this, this play because in realism there was a part of me, like I said, that wanted to live, not, not just survive, not, not survive, not exist, live. If there was a moment that gave me an opportunity, I'd be terrified of it and I didn't trust it. And a lot of the times I didn't fall into it. But there was moments I sort of took a small glimpse at it. But I was terrified that it was just going to collapse because most things did. Nothing good ever lasted. Like I said, they had nothing to go off. And me, who I am now, healing from all of this, I'm healing their pain as well and I'm healing their memories, I'm healing their hurt and I'm healing my own because I'm still going through things right now, I'm still dealing with present realities that are really hard to deal with, like feeling like I don't belong anywhere, that's really what triggered me this weekend when I'm, I'm trying to come to my own individualism and validate that I'm trying to come to this point of being okay that I don't want to be like anyone else but myself and I don't need to fit in to places where I clearly am not my presence is not validated these are the things that drives me into this space as well because it's memory from the past too it is your inner child your teenage self and the now version of you it's three stages of life and everything that consisted in that that comes into play and I've healed quite a lot of it, I really have, but there is definitely still a part that they play, and I don't blame them, I get why they're there. There's still that survival mode, that protective mode, everything that falls in and says, you're never going to fit in anywhere, and this is, this is always going to be your reality as it has. Again, this is the cycle that played over the weekend. A Saturday night, mostly, it hit me, but this is never going to end for you. You're never going to fit in anywhere. You're always going to be afraid. You're in fear over this, this, and this, and this, and you always will be. You'll never be in peace. You'll never find your joy. You'll never find your happiness. You'll always be healing. You're going to look back at this, and you're going to regret all the years that you spent in this state of mind. There was just so many things that were hitting me at once, including those stages of my life of how I was treated in the past, how I treated myself in the past. All the apathy, all the projections of dehumanising me and me also dehumanising myself from that. Everything hitting in one, as it always has. But these days, it's still heavy. But it's not as heavy as what it was. And I'm really grateful for that, to be honest. I'm very grateful to myself for doing this and for trying like I am so proud of my inner child and my teenage self I'm proud of me because it was so heavy carrying everything that they were carrying and that was also brought into my now reality and I carried it through all the new things that he tried to put more on top of my shoulders through the file cabinet that had all the proof why I shouldn't exist and not having one that proves otherwise I still I'm here today. I'm here. I'm alive today. And I actually see life worthy of living, 
not just existing, not existing, living. I have my days and I think any, not even think, people are going to have their days. I'm definitely going to have my days, but that's what I'm working towards. That's what I'm healing towards to the point where this is no longer a part of my coping because it doesn't need to be. I'm terrified. I'm scared of the present and the future at times. And I'm learning how to not be like, there's all these things that in the now that also add to it, that I'm also having to deal with as well. But I've been carrying it for as long as I have. And I've also been releasing it too. And I will keep doing that. And I, I keep doing it for myself, as well as the fact that I'm really passionate about guiding other people. And I do not believe that this needs to be a reality. I don't. Not one part of me believes that this needs to be a reality. I am healing and choosing to continue to do so, so I can help others take the burdens off their shoulders. That is one thing that keeps me going as well as myself. I'm so proud of myself. I'm so proud to be who I am today and to keep standing up for myself. And it gets really hard. There's some days where I feel like I'm never going to stop fighting. And I really would like to. I would like to not feel like I have to fight for myself and my life every day of my life. I would like for people to really just understand that a lot of people deserve rest. This has been a lifetime. Not just for me, but for many other people as well. This is a lifetime. And I've just now gotten to a point where I can actually just sit here and just be. But it is so hard with the outside world, with all the voices on the outside that are also in survival mode, that are also going through their own stuff. And they see you sitting and they want to tell you that it's wrong. I've never sat. I've never just been and lived, just existed and survived like all of you as well. Majority of society. I won't say all of you. Majority of society. That is another topic of conversation for another day. But I thought that I would have been who I am right now because I never saw anything outside of the reality that I was in. A life outside of the way things were was just not even in the cards, not even in the books, not even thought of. The impossible of it was at that level. Impossible. And all I ever wanted was for something to show me the possibility. And like I say, but in different words, nothing ever did until until something did. When I got older, when I started to make the changes myself and had to make the hardest choices to do so, but needed to lose a lot of people, cut out a lot of people, start saying no, Start standing up for yourself. Start validating yourself, showing compassion for yourself because everything that you are, everything that you've done has come from a lot of unawareness, has come from a lot of hurt, trauma, pain, etc. It's a lot of validation. It's a lot of compassion, a lot of empathy and also having that for other people as well but also knowing where to have your boundaries, kindness with boundaries. I definitely work to showing that it's possible. To be the person that shows all the other images that are very possible. To be the one that puts it in front of the image that's been painted for you and then acted like it's the only thing, the only image ever available for you. I'm very grateful that 
I'm here to have seen other images come into play, other realities and possibilities come into play. Even though it was later in life, now I get to do this for people a lot earlier. Have to stop it somehow, have to break the cycle somehow, and this is one way. Showing people that there are so many other possibilities and realities, not just the one that you've been fed or told or existed in for too long. I am definitely going to end the podcast here. This is probably the longest I've actually ever spoken, to be honest. This is a big conversation, like I said, and there will always be more to talk about with this. There was a lot more in the experience of it, but I wanted to keep it to a flow, wherever it flowed. But like I said, more than just one pathway, there will be more conversations about it. So I thank you all for listening, for being here, and I really hope that this story gives guidance, expands awareness, even just for one person honestly a platform for me to be heard too so I am really grateful to have this as well so please do take care of yourselves and may you all have the day that you desire or the week that you desire both day and week have the day and week that you desire and thank you for being here until next time guys